Father God, we thank you, O God, for this time together this morning. We have gathered together in your name to lift your son this morning, O God. So I just say, Holy Ghost, come in this morning and have your way and move among us, O God, that just uh, somebody might fall out of the ways of the world and come on the Lord's side. Just minister and move on the main altars of people's heart, teal up the ground that they might be able to receive a word from you this morning, O God. Uh, the preaching that my moment has arrived, allow me to decrease and you just show up and show out. And Father, may the words of our mouth be pleasing and acceptable in, my, in thy sight, O oh my Lord, my strength and redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to be coming out of the 32nd chapter of Jeremiah, verses 17 through 20 in the New Living Translation. Uh, and this is Jeremiah in prayer. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. You are a great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom to do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people and you give them what they deserve. You performed miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, things still remembered to this day. And you have continued to do great miracles in Israel and around the world. You have made your name famous to this day. In these few verses, as Jeremiah is praying, Jeremiah is acknowledging six facts about God's power. In verse 17, Jeremiah reminds us that God's power created the universe, and he can do anything he chooses to do. And the creation of this vast universe proves that God can do anything, which is why Jeremiah then says, nothing is too hard for the Lord. And so in verse 18, Jeremiah reminds us that God has used his power to show love and to execute judgment on the earth. He has and continues to pour out his love on thousands and upon thousands of people. But he also executes judgment on everyone who commits sin, both parents and children. God's power is seen in his very name. He is the Lord of hosts the Lord of everything and every being in the universe and in heaven. He is the Lord Almighty. God has the power to achieve his great purpose and to do mighty works in 19. God's great purpose and works are clearly seen through Israel and it's recorded on the pages of scripture for us. And other human histories are recorded on the pages of the script, the holy text. His power appoints uh, nations as agents of both mercy and his judgment. God has power to achieve his great purpose and to do mighty works. And if you remember, he used the nation of Babylon to take uh, Israel into captivity, and then he used many nations to even bring their, liber their liberation. So God is in control of the universe and its events. God has the power to see all of his people 
and to reward them according to their deeds, whether good or bad. I'm in the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we must stand up before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve, good or evil, for what we have done in this earthly body. God has the power, in verse 20, we reminded that God has the power to perform miraculous works on behalf of his people uh, and down through the history they are recorded. These works are seen in signs and wonders done in Egypt and around the world among God's people. His miraculous works are also seen in the great deliverance of Israel from the Egyptian slavery and to move into the place of promise, the promised land that God had promised his people. God still speaks to us today if you examine the scriptures, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Brothers and sisters in the faith, we have got to learn to take God at his word. We've got to learn that God is not a man that will lie. So if he makes a promise to you and I that is recorded in the scriptures, we are to stand on that, live in that, and walk in that. So God has made available to you through his marvelous and fabulous grace the ability to abound in everything. Thank you, Brother Clint. I appreciate you. Love you here. Glad you're here this morning. Stay with me. So the big ideal this morning, the question that I'm going to be asking you this morning is how big is your God? How big is your God? I will answer in reply for you, he's bigger than you can imagine. Amen. See, God is spirit. And the Bible says because he is spirit, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so the fact that God is spirit, it suggests to you and I, Logan, that God is not made of physical, doesn't have a physical and material form. In other words, he's not like you and I who are made of bones and flesh and tissues. See, in other words, God ain't made of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give some clarity to you this morning. See, because God isn't made of stuff, he has no dimension, no spatial descriptions applied to him. The characteristic of God is so difficult for us to understand because we have a spirit linked to a physical body that is closely tied to this material world. But God transcends place. He is beyond a limit. He is above time and space. And his nature is uncreated and separated from his creation. I wish I had some help in here. We naturally think us as humans in terms of length and depth and height. We feel like that we can better understand a thing if we can accurately measure it. So we invented these measuring devices such as inches and meters and miles and light years. But we run into a problem when we try to measure God. We find that, that he is immaterial and therefore immeasurable. 
He is infinitely everywhere. God resists quantification. He will not submit or succumb to how we try to surmise him, classify him, and decipher him. See, our God, our finite human mind can never fathom the grandeur and the awesomeness of God. He is described in the Bible as not having a beginning or an end, Alpha and Omega. He is omnipotent and omniscient and, and he is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time, which means he has unlimited power. It means that he is universally present and knows all things. He is the author and the creator and the sustainer of everything animated and inanimated. Yeah, come on with me. Go with me now. That's what Jeremiah says in his prayer. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Watch this. He said, nothing is too hard for you. See, he counts the stars. He calls them by name. How great is his power. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. Throughout the scriptures, God is held up as one who can count what is humanly uncountable. He counts clouds and streams and the lengths of heaven and the stars. See, faith doesn't make all of the mysteries about God clear to us. But there is some consolation for the believer that we know a loving God knows all of the answers that we stand in need of. Am I right about it? In other words, the suffering we undergo is not because God is disinterested. It is not that God is unfamiliar with our plight. The scripture said that he cares so much about us that he knows every single hair on your head and he has assigned it a number. God knows us. And so we ought to then understand that we, when we are going through some stuff, that God is close to us. We are not to fear. He is interested in our care. So the Bible calls for us to be of good courage. The Bible said, speak the truth regardless of whatever the cost might be. See, God is above all of the gods in heaven and earth and beneath the earth. Isaiah reminds us, for all of the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on a scale. Watch this. He picks up the whole world as though it was a grain of sand. How big is your God? He's big enough to rule the universe. And yet, he's small enough to live in the human heart. He's small enough to stoop down and to bend his ear ever so low to hear our anguish cry. His heart is touched with love over our grief and our sorrows. And he has bore all of them for us. For he holds up the world and rules over all of the affairs of the universe and in nothing that dis disrupts and disturbs our peace is too small for him. He notices anything that disrupts our peace. Nothing is too small for him. Look, there is no chapter in your life too dark for God to read. 
There is no complications that you might run into that God doesn't have the answer. Here it is. I'm in the Bible. Isaiah 55 says this. For my faults are not your faults, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are mine higher than your ways, and my faults than your faults. His nature and his plan is infinitely beyond human understanding. God is infinitely different from his creation. But we are called to be holy because God is holy. We are to strive and to reach a higher and a nobler thoughts and ideals of his way. I'm asking you this morning, how big is your God? God has ultimate power. I'm reminded in the Psalms, you can be sure of this. The Lord, oh, I would rejoice in this, the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. I'm going to come at this thing again, Clint. You can be sure of this, that God has set apart the godly for himself, and therefore the Lord will answer you when you call him. The psalmist, he said, when I looked up in the night sky, I see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. And watch this, y'all. Watch what the psalmist says here. What are mere mortals that you should think of them? Human beings that you should care about them. See, that's something we need to understand this morning. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. And before you came into the world, God had already consecrated you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life before you were ever born. So watch this. Don't be discouraged when you don't know God's plan. God knows where you are going, and he knows what you need to get there. And sometimes that's difficulties. Sometimes that's trouble. Sometimes that's heartache. Sometimes that's pain. But God knows what you need to get you where he wants you to be. For our God is the God of all gods. He is the Lord of lords. He is the mighty God. He is awesome, and he is not partial. Let me, I'm going to try real hard this morning. Watch this. In Psalms, the 139th chapter, watch what the scriptures say. says, O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know me when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. 
You know where I'm going, but I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me at the same time. Only a God can do that. He says, you have placed your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand that I can never escape from your presence. I can never get away from your presence. He said, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, your strength will support me. I can ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot be hid from you. To you, night shines as bright as the day, and darkness and light are the same to you. He said, you have made my delicate inward parts of my body. You have knitted me together in my mother's womb. If this gets so strong and powerful for the psalmist, he takes a break to praise in verse 14. Watch what he said. Thank you, Lord. As I think about you, making me so wonderfully complex. I'm wondering if we got anybody in the house this morning who is so grateful and thankful to God for all that he's done. You're willing to take a break in the midst of the service just to say thank you. He said, your workmanship is marvelous. How well do I know it? You watched me when I was being formed in the utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark, in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before you as a single day had passed. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me? Oh God, I can't number them. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And he says, when I wake up, you're still there. Hallelujah. The question is this morning, how big is your God? I don't know about you, but I serve an awfully big God. <laughs> I'm going to prove it to you. I serve a God that is bigger than any giants in your life. I got a witness, David, in the Bible when he defeated the Philistine giant. God is bigger than any giant in your life. He's bigger than any trap that come in your life. I got a witness in the Bible when the Israelite children were being liberated from Egypt and they ran up against the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was barreling on their backs. Jesus, God parted the Red Sea and they walked across the sea on dry land. I said, I serve a big God. I serve a God big, bigger than any walls that have been erected in your life. I got a witness the Israelite children as they walked around the city of Jericho and watched the walls fall. I said, we serve a big God. He's bigger than any dry place in your life. When the Israelite children and Moses was wandering the wilderness for 40 years and they were thirsty and wanted some water, God said, Moses, speak to the rock. And the rock brought forth water. He's bigger. There was a, there was a Samaritan woman that he met at the well. He said, if you drink from me, you will never thirst again. We serve a mighty big God. We serve a God that is bigger than any situation you might run into. He broke, I got a witness, I'm in the Bible, Paul and Silas, at the midnight hour when they were in jail and they began to pray and sing hymns. The earth shook, the cell doors flew open, and they were able to walk to freedom. We serve an awfully big God. 
I know a, dog, a God that is bigger than any pit you might find yourself in. I'm in the Bible, Daniel, when God closed the mouth of the hungry lion and Daniel was uh, let out of the pit without no harm. Look, God is bigger. He's bigger than any fire, a hot situation that has come up in your life. I got a witness for you, boys, in the fiery furnace. When the king looked in, he said, did I not put three in, tied, and bound? And now I see four walking around in the fire. And when they were pulled out of the fiery furnace, they didn't even smell like smoke. Look, there's some folk in here this morning who have gone through some stuff, and they don't even look like what they've been through. We serve an awfully big God. God is bigger than any hunger or starvation situation you find yourself in. He fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. Our God is big enough to overcome all of our enemies. That's why the cross stands empty. He's bigger than any dead situation in our life. That's why we look at an empty tomb, because he has risen. Oh, God is a big God. I'm glad. We have a big God, Clint, because we need a big God. We need a God big enough to cover our pains. How big is your God? Is he big enough for your problems? Is he big enough for your future? Is he big enough to cover your death? Is he big enough to overcome your fears? Is he big enough for whatever you're facing? Church, if your God isn't big enough for that, let me recommend the God of the Bible, who is more than sufficient to cover everything you stand in need of. A wise man once said that in each life, a little rain must fall. But brother, we can't turn back. We can't stay where we are. We must go forward because God is big enough to take us there. There is nothing and there is no going back. With God's help and God's grace, we can make it. How big is our God? I say very big. And more than that, he is transcendent. He is so other that we can fully understand him. But watch this. At the same time, we are made in his image. And he loves us. And he communicates with us through his son, through his Holy Spirit, and his word. We serve a big God. Brother Bill, do we have it? All right, let this minister to you for a few minutes. As we think about how big our God is. Turn it up, please.
changed he's big enough but yet he's small enough to bend his ear to those who need him to change their lives and deliver them from sin the doors of the church open you can come in three ways you can come by Christian experience by letter or by baptism you can come and be a part of God's family and begin to experience this great big God in yourself as the band comes the altar is open. You can come and just have a conversation with him. Somebody can be here to lead you to salvation. Or sometimes you just need to go before the throne and talk to God and lay your burdens down. We serve a mighty God. A mighty, mighty big God. Who is bigger than anything that you will ever face in your life. I remember Brother Clint. In my life, man, there was some stuff that was bigger than me. I couldn't carry it. I had to give it to somebody bigger. There was some stuff that I couldn't begin to break free of until I gave it to a bigger God. You don't have to struggle by yourself. We serve a God that is everywhere at the same time. Won't you accept him? <laughs> 